0: This is K 12 Tech Talk. K 12 Tech Talk. The podcast by K 12 Techs for K 12 Techs. Real conversations, real arguments, and real banter on trending K 12 technology topics and issues.
1: Welcome back to the very special part two of the Cosin 2023 interviews with Chris and intern Eric. They spent the last couple days down in the great state of Texas at the Cosin conference in Austin, interviewing people like Keith Kruger, Tom Ryan, Gart- the representatives from Gartner. Uh, in this episode, part two, we start out with an interview with Tom Ryan, and we end it with a very special guest. Have a listen.
2: With us Tom Ryan. Tom, how's it going? It's amazing. All oh, these people clapping. It's oh.
0: insane. Yeah, it's crazy. It's but Mark, crazy. Mark wasn't here to clap for you. Mark? You know what? He's a legend, really. The, the, at least that's what he told us. That he's. What can you tell us about Mark that we don't already know? What do uh, <laughs> you know? I don't know very much about Mark. He, he uh, he's such a closed individual, hard to hard yep. to get to know, and so. Yeah, there was that time we got carded at a baseball game when he tried to buy beer. That, that probably <laughs> isn't. and and you and when you're from Boston and, and they don't like to drink beer, that's really a.
2: He's been asking us to send the audio clips that we're getting so that he can do he, the editing. He
0: can do editing, and we told him no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I'm really excited to say that you stopped by. I you know I I, I really enjoy Mark because uh, he brings a lot of humor when we when we do our IT reviews and. There's a lot of jabbing back and forth uh, that, that goes on. So it, if you're going to have a meeting, you're going to be yep. there all, all day, it, it's good to have somebody that uh, likes to poke a little fun. Although he shouldn't be poking his elders because, you know, our experience should not be shamed in any way. But he has a habit of doing that. He's disrespectful to yeah, them. He said something about, you know, CIOs that were working prior to COVID don't really know. What well, life is now. <laughs> I worked through COVID, so that wasn't me. But you know, that you start to wonder. Those. It, yeah, those not a very nice. Thing. There is an undertone here that
3: <laughs> Mark has really stirred up some crap with people. And, oh um, yeah. I mean,
2: Mark, know your place, man. Yeah.
0: Robotic yeah. If tour. we've
2: we've had a a, like a couple of takeaways from this conference. And, like, feelings towards Mark being not so great, that's one of the takeaways,
0: I think. No, yeah. that, you know, everybody loves him, they, but they love to kick him. <laughs> you know, they got that kid you want to punch. And he's, he's that guy. Yeah, just a little, taking like in the throat, right. just a little. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you, if, I hope you get <laughs> Melissa on because she'll, you know, she was his former boss. And I, it's amazing how he still kowtows to her. you think he'd, you know, they're, they're equal CIOs, but he's still... I'm I'm afraid of who to pull on because we may have to put Mark on administrative
2: leave. Right,
0: you know, I've been be
2: suspended from the podcast for like three
3: weeks. Yeah, for well, some really?
0: comments at the K twelve six conference. Well, there's some there's some corrective action for sure that we have to do. <laughs> well, I'm talking Mark. about it. Yeah, <laughs> I taught we were the K twelve six Doug
2: Levin's uh, map. I called it stupid. It's did. not something that you should
0: necessarily do. You know, I guess not. It's, they it's, didn't work well for anyways, Mark or enough what. About, it, it, it doesn't even matter. Yeah, I think I'd let that one go. <laughs> enough about Mark <laughs> and the
2: math. <laughs> Let's move on. So we've unpacked. Your name is Tom, but can
0: you tell us a little bit about yourself for those that don't know? Well, um, I was the CEO for the Albuquerque Public Schools in New Mexico, about 90,000 kids, and then um, also the... Uh, Chief Information and Strategy Officer for the Santa Fe Public Schools. I did that for five years and about 18 months ago. I retired from that. So I retired from public school, but I didn't have, retire from passion about public schools. Yes. So I do a lot of work with the Council of Great City Schools, which is large urban school districts. Uh, we do IT reviews. We um, have a conference that we'll be having in June uh, where we have these large urban districts. And it focuses on urban issues, mm-hmm. which is a little bit different than... And, and, and really, in the small school districts, they do the same challenges. It's the same person. Mm-hmm. or the same five people that are doing yep. it. And then you've got these levels of expertise. The other challenge in the really large urbans is there There are so many people. It's important to have processes and governance and documentation and communication. And it's very difficult. And a lot of these large urbans, they don't allow directors to reach out to the principals directly. They oh, go on like a Friday email, and then the principals get... You know, 52 messages that they don't read. So communication is a, a really difficult process, yeah. and it's so siloed in between all the departments that it makes it difficult uh, in that role. And you got speaking about Mark, you got uh, communities that have the mayor kind of elects the school board, and you're part of the city government. So you've got this relationship. So each state has different ways. of think some have their student. And uh, finance systems are owned by the state, so their challenges with privacy are a little bit different because they don't have all of this. And then you've got other districts that do it all on their own. So it, it, it's uh, interesting when you go from state to state to see the way school and IT yep. interact. Yeah. yeah,
3: that's been one of the things that I've seen over the past couple of days. Is We've had people come up to us and say, my state, every single tech department is siloed. There's no state initiatives. And then we've also seen other states where there's an entire state initiative for cybersecurity that provides resources to every single school. So that's been really good for me uh, to get out and see those that, that type of dynamic that's different from state to state.
0: Well, when, they, when the state runs the, the uh, student information system and the finance system, HR system, um, they do it for the state. Usually your largest school district is so much different than, mm-hmm. you know, the all of the hundreds of schools that are, you know, under 5,000 students. It makes it very challenging because it's one environment, in essence, for everybody. So you have these challenges of trying to make automation because workflow automation uh, is critical when you have so many different processes, so many different people. When you're a smaller district, you can get away with that not taking everybody, you know, uh, and the accountability is a little bit easier to handle. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I went from Albuquerque at ninety thousand to Santa Fe with with twelve thousand, um, what a dream that was! I could call every principal um, mm-hmm. in the in the morning, right. and right. I could go out and visit those schools. And um, you you have all this process and all of this training for all of these different frameworks, whether it's service management or. Uh, ITIL or, or uh, organizational change management—you've you've gotten those skills and you embedded them, so now you can just apply them without having to go through several layers. Right. Uh, so that—that that was a great way to finish up my public school career. Now I do IT reviews across the country, from large districts to small, and that has to be the best professional development I ever received because you're—you're you're seeing somebody who's tackling similar problems to you, but with a different set of criteria and it's one thing to have a white paper that says here's where you should go you should have governance how you get governance or how you how you lead change through your organization is is a real challenge and and there's still lots of school districts that have IT is kind of a one-off mm-hmm. you know you got instructional technology but you don't have technology that's embedded because it helps kids read right you know we're gonna do makerspace and people feel good about it how do we how do we get the conversation where the curriculum instruction people see that it's these tools that will help the reading and math and science that when the when you may have to make a, an issue about a, a learning management system it's the curriculum instruction people that are saying we have to adopt this standard mm-hmm. because if we don't then we're going to hurt math and reading as opposed to we got to get it to sign off on it when you got cybersecurity you can't have IT being the one that leads that in your organization, okay. you got to have the superintendent like fire drills. I mean, right. you got a school owner of that or a department owner of the fire drills and taking the metrics and et cetera. And we got to we got to get out of just dumping on IT because it's a tech thing. To how does this improve the organization as a whole? In order for me to do my job, whether it's budgets and finance or instruction, right? And that's a big leap that we're going to take. A lot of what I've seen here is tr-
3: people trying to solve the wicked problems as a result of technology, which, it, and also the, the silos that exist within schools between curriculum, um, instructional technology, and then operational technology, the things that we're doing on a day-to-day basis. So
0: it's it's been cool to see everybody coming together to talk about how they solve these problems together. Well, the, the, you know, we have special ed and... Things that you do for special ed, those would be great for regular ed. Things we do for bilingual education, sheltered instructional strategy, those would be great for yeah. it. But we keep them in, well, this is a special ed thing, so we take it over there. And we've got a leadership going forward with all of the things that are in the cloud, yes, with sir. all of the Internet of Things, with all of the integration of systems. And now I think when you get this uh, AI that's coming in, whether it's Chat GPT or any of the other, other um Tools that they're going to use, I and mean, those things could be leveraged against your own data, uh, and and be able to be have have a recommendation for things, or be able to ad- identify some things. And and those systems don't just automatically work. Mm-hmm. You've got to have a good enterprise architecture to pull these different data sets in. So I think CIOs need to come back in to creating that architecture, even though they might not be managing that product line, whether, you know, we've got this cloud-based finance system and maybe I keep my hands off, but unless you start to look at the automation between the various processes, whether it's LMS and the student information system, the assessment system, you're really going to be not able to catch up with the more forward-thinking schools that are figuring out that if I pull all this stuff together, um, we're going to have a better environment
3: for kids to learn it. Well, one of the big questions we have been asking everybody, and I think you've talked a little bit about some of the things that are on the roadmap here in education technology, but what do you see is a, something that we need to be paying attention to over the next year or a hot topic that you think schools need
0: to be keeping an eye on? I really think that um, we need to t- start taking a look at how do we develop the CIO, the chief Strategy officer, maybe even have to get rid of the title so that we get out of the Container that yep. get, kind of get dumped in, and and we become the organizational change leader that we're helping the organization improve and change. And if we don't understand the business of instruction, the business of finance, the business of communication, then we're waiting for them to tell us, and they're not prepared to tell us. Right. Mm-hmm. So as we get to these these adoption and greater and greater adoption of these internet of things and cloud kind of applications if we don't have somebody that's helping to guide that infrastructure and help the organization lead through change we're going to have a problem we can do change i mean we did change very very quickly with COVID, but we can do it we're trying to get back and say i'd like to get back into my comfort zone of 2019 It didn't that didn't work really well then but we're we're comfortable with it and start to help our organizations lead much more nimble leadership I mean we focus on transformational leadership that's leading folks and helping them deal with all of the change in the environment and if we don't we get like we did with COVID where we got people rushing to get back we got to get rid of the computers now and it's only face-to-face misinterpreting what those data sets are indicating and what we want to have is a better design of our data data infrastructure so that and that's going to take data scientists and positions that we don't normally have at school, and then somebody in this technology, this digital leader role that's that's helping each of the different parts of our organization get out of their silo, combine those data. Really, the, the, the term silo is about data silos, mm-hmm. keeping information, and I, I have more power because I have control of this information, and blending those in, but doing that in smart ways. I mean, if you... If you did some simple chat GPT kind of a thing on your district say who are my best teachers and then somebody says well this this must be it and then you see well wait a minute these are all the teachers in the wealthier areas or these mm-hmm. teachers don't have these bilingual kids or um, it, it, it needs a better question it needs a better design question right. right and therefore you really have to understand your data architecture and then make sure that you're you're providing the recommendations I'm hoping that we've gotten away from a question of whether we should block it or whether we should adopt it, because that's not really the question. There's good things and there's bad things. And so when the CIO should be the person that's advising legal, advising instruction, advising the superintendent, communicating with the community, here are the things that can benefit, here are the things that we've got to develop some skills around responsible use. And if that's not the CIO, who is it? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're making... Uh, gut-check kind of decisions on things can, where we're gonna take it off all of our district devices that means the only kids that won't have it are the kids that don't have a device or right? yes, right. so we're making it even worse for kids yes. and so this is where I think we've got to get out in front of some of these issues so that we can say it's not a right or wrong, wrong left or right it is a question that has a complex whatever we decide has a complex set of steps changes the organization, hence the organization changes. Right.
3: I think that's that's a great point. Uh, one of the books that I always go back to is a more beautiful question by Warren Berger. It's talking about innovation being coming about through asking a better question. And, and I think that's one of the things that this conference is also pushing is how do we reinvent and, and reimagine coming back from COVID? And we've been talking about that a little bit on the podcast. So
0: I appreciate your words on that. Well, uh, really enjoy uh, you, you guys, even when Mark's on yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's still good. <laughs> despite marks, Mark, despite marks. Mark. Mark.
4: All
2: right, I'm gonna give you a proper uh, outro as you get out of here, Tom. Thanks oh, for hanging thank out you with you, us. Tom. Nice. We try, Tom. All right, so we're
3: here with one, the main sponsor for this episode, which is ClassLink, and we're here talking to Jan Mills. Uh, Jan, Hi. introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
4: Sure. I'm Jan Mills, and I'm the Senior Vice President for ClassLink. I manage the sales department, uh, mainly the new sales, um, is is the responsibility of my our team. And I live in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area. Awesome.
2: So. we are right next door?
4: Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Did you walk here? <laughs> uh, gosh, I wish. <laughs> it, about I an hour this. and a half from here? Yeah,
4: uh, actually, it's about three and a half three hours. Three and a half hours. I'm mm-hmm. thinking of San Antonio. Yes. So,
2: yeah. Yes, San Antonio. Eric and I, we... We hang out, but not typically like together, like near rooms, whatever. So, we're at this conference. Uh, Eric likes walking yeah, and likes drinking water all day. And I'm more like a Uber nighttime guy. eating guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Uber. So, like, he's been making us take some trail to get here every day. Yeah. It's it, been, and it, it was it's raining this something. morning. He's like, let's Uber. And I was like, no, let's not. Uh. <laughs> let's walk in the rain on the trail <laughs> by the lake. <laughs> it was
3: beautiful. Um, Jan, can you tell us a little bit about? what ClassLink does for anybody who might not know your company.
4: Sure, sure. Well, ClassLink um, has built a a software suite of products. We have several uh, pieces in our application that do different uh, things. We're probably most known for having a single sign-on solution, and that was at the beginning what ClassLink mainly was. Um, uh, a single portal where people could get into all of their resources, not just the curriculum resources, but even the HR resources and the Department of Transportation resources. So uh, not just um, a student uh, portal, but a full ecosystem for a district mm-hmm. to, to use. Um, from that, we realized we had so much information that districts really wanted, and so we kind of built out an anal- analytics portion. And we are able to provide districts with who's using the tools, how long they're using the tools, who's not using the Uh tools, um, and also some cost ROI. Uh, You're able to put in the prices that you're paying for different pieces of software. And we can tell you if you're using all the licenses you have bought and and people use that And, and getting all that in one place. Yes, you can go to every vendor that you purchase from. But that, I was a technology director myself, and that was such a laborious task. And in in days now where we have some districts that have over, you know, a thousand pieces of tools that they use on the portal, to get that kind of information is just almost impossible.
3: Well, and I, I really see a huge need for it right now. We've talked about this on the podcast last week i keep saying that the COVID app grab, um, everything was free during COVID and teachers were using all kinds of things. And I see what you're saying you're is like right. a, a great opportunity for schools to use a product like yours right. to see, Hey, these are the things being used. This is where the actual, where the ROI is. And uh, here are the things we need to clean up because we've got student data in all these places.
4: You know, the ESSER mm-hmm. uh, funding probably really ramped up the need for ClassLink in that way because they have bought a lot of things and, Now the funding's going to dry up, Mm -hmm. and then how do we determine what we keep and what we toss? And to do that in a data-driven way instead of an emotional way Mm -hmm. is really important. Um, So once we got those two things going, then we really uh, were pioneers in the one-roster standard uh, with uh, IMS Global. Mm -hmm. Um, Several of our uh, employees became... uh, came from the school districts and they were frustrated with uh, how many different ways they had to send roster information to different vendors. And so they were uh, big at IMS Global and brought in our CTO to really help uh, with that work. And um, we're just really proud of what what we've been able to accomplish there. And so our roster tool, you know, I'd put up with anybody's. Uh, We have a team of developers that just make that so simple and continue to try to innovate in that way and they really uh, take it from the from the viewpoint that you might be um the tech director but you might also be the football coach and a classroom teacher some small districts just don't have the um, expertise to do some of the hard scripting Mm -hmm. and things and so we really try to bring uh our tools with a really easy to use interface, uh, for what I call the common man, which is me. (laughs) (laughs) So I can understand it just about anybody can. And so, so rostering has been another, uh, of the four, we call it four buckets, uh, that we, that we work with. And, um, I think we continue to, to be leaders in that, that area. Uh, And then the last area that we got into was really that of identity management. We had a lot of people coming to us saying, Could you make this as easy as you've made other things? Mm -hmm. And so our team just got to work. And I think we have, I think what makes our identity management tool a little bit unique is it's really built for schools. Instead of taking a business oriented uh, tool uh, and we understand what you need in your Active Directory you know, or Azure, uh, groups and, and, um, they built it so that you don't have to be a SQL script writer in order to, to, to use the program. And a lot of times our, our districts would tell us that they were kind of behind a, uh, it was a black box. They didn't know what was going on. They just had to trust the company and say, we need this change. And then Mm -hmm. the magic would happen over there. They wouldn't know how to do it. And, and, um, they wanted the control. They wanted to be able to, to do that themselves. So,
3: so a lot of value packed into one product.
4: Right, and and I think one of the things that we've tried to do is to include it all in with one price. Mm-hmm. You know, to just continue to add that value without, um, you know, gouging. Yeah.
3: And <laughs> gouging. Do you also? <coughs> I, I think from some of our conversations we've talked a little bit about even being able to offer virtual applications and access to to shares and things like that through your products so that's a really another value add on top exactly. of that yeah. exactly
4: exactly and and i think we're going to continue uh, innovating one of the we had our uh, exec retreat a couple of weeks ago and, and that's the main gist of the conversation was what's next you know what are we going to keep doing that's going to make a difference for y'all And that's important to us. And I think that's what makes working at Classlink kind of uh, exciting. Uh, As a former educator myself, um, it's not uncommon for my CEO to say, what else can we do to help? Where else can we provide value for our customers? And so we're really looking in the cybersecurity space. Uh, You might have heard we just announced it, or we're announcing here and we did it a week ago. Wait, is
2: this like
5: breaking news for no, well podcast? Kind of kind of
4: <laughs> breaking news. Um
5: Is there a button
4: for um, them? Uh, <laughs> yeah, some kind of sound
5: effect. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah yeah we got, we got yeah, yeah. What,
2: what, what, what you got for us?
4: Um we've developed with uh A lot of other people, not just us. uh, Wait, I found it. Oh, there you go. Okay, sorry. Sorry.
3: Okay, Okay, take the board away from me.
4: (laughs) A cybersecurity rubric. A way for districts to be able to self-assess where they are uh, in the cybersecurity realm of being safe. And uh, so we worked with a lot of the standards that are set and... Frankie Jackson was one of the um, authors of helping us get that together. And so we are offering that free to any district that would like to have it. And they can go through and do an assessment. And we're working with insurance companies and, and other um, industries to help, uh, hopefully, as you improve in your cybersecurity role, um, uh, able to get better rates yeah. <laughs> for your cybersecurity Um uh, insurance and so uh, most people just didn't even know how to do that without. And, and there's companies that will come in and do these assessments for you, but the, it's expensive. And yeah, we know schools don't have that kind of funding, so uh, we've tried to put that together for for you. And you can um, come into it's on our website. You can come download it for free, make make a copy of it, and use that to assess yourself. The second thing we've done is build a series, a class, and we've already had, I think. 15 or 20 people uh, take the class and become certified in being a, um, assessment, being able to take your assessment and give you, uh, feedback and, and to come in and do a certification basically for your district. And, um, so, uh, people are doing that. Uh, we developed the classes for that on our website and you can, uh, take those classes and, um, and I know that cybersecurity's forefront on everybody's mind. And so we want to continue to do things that help you in that area. We did announce a new product last week, too, called Data Guard. And this is a way for you to encrypt your data when you send it over if they don't need, if the vendor doesn't need it. So when you send data in the one roster standard, you're sending several pieces of data, Mm -hmm. right, that just come in that standard. Well, they may only need your name. Or they may only need your name and your grade, and they don't need your email address, and they don't need other pieces of that standard. So we can encrypt that so that the vendor isn't holding right. that data. So if they're ever compromised, your data is safer.
0: Right. That's great. So
4: this data guard is a new uh, tool that we just just wrote.
3: That's awesome, being able to pair back what's sent, sent places and who has access to what. Right. Uh, pieces of information is huge. And right. like we we're talking about data is being sent everywhere because we have all these applications and all these integrations. And, and that brings us a little bit of comfort to talk to somebody like yourself to, to say, we have ways to peel this
4: back. Right, right. I mean, they've got to have some pieces of data, but they frankly get a lot more data than they really need. And, and you can be as secure as you make yourself, but you can't control all those vendors and mm-hmm. their security. Even though they say they've done all these things, you just don't really really know. Right. Um, and so we want to to do anything we can do to continue to safeguard that data.
3: I think you kind of already touched on this, um, but one of our questions here is: What do educators and tech people and schools need to be focused on over the next year?
4: Well, I think I think security is one of those things. Um, I was that at keeps a, coming up, a, <laughs> right? <laughs> I think uh, we're seeing that schools are a major um, focus of attack for the bad guys. They have we have tons of social security numbers that they can sell on the black market with our students who aren't won't be aware that anybody's uh, abused those numbers for a long time, and they know that, and they also know that we're probably not as secure as yeah. businesses. And don't have, I mean, there, there's a lot of districts that don't even have anybody in charge of cybersecurity still. And, and it's a matter of money and access and people and all the things. But, um, I think it, I think it's critical that we continue to bring in anything we can to keep our, our data safe and, and our information safe because we have a lot of valuable data. Yeah. That people are wanting
3: valuable data. And and I keep going back to, it. it's about our kids' futures I want them graduating high school and having their information all out there. And we're supposed to be preparing them to be successful in their future. And if that's already been created for them to peel back that success, that's a big worry for me. Yeah. Uh, So, apart from us covering our butts, uh, I want them to be successful. Right. And I I think that your product is is helping provide that. Right. Chris, you have one more question? I was going to say so we're at the
2: Coasting Conference. Yeah. How many years have you attended the Coasting Conference?
4: I think. I started with uh, ClassLink seven years ago, and I think I've been every year. So seven years. Awesome. I, I didn't come as a um, – I worked with other company, uh, ed tech companies before this, and we, we really weren't – we were selling more on the curriculum side mm-hmm. back then and with those other products. And then when I was uh, uh, at the tech department, they didn't have COSIN yet, so <laughs> that tells you it's more than 30 years ago.
2: <laughs> Is there anything we, – we don't, we don't cast stones or anything we're here – <laughs> on age, on, on other things we do, but is there anything about the coasting conference that sticks out to you amongst the other conferences that that you attend?
4: Well, for us, I mean, it is the largest collection of CTOs who really care about the the work they're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, in in almost every other conference, whether it's a state conference or even um, ISTE, which has is, is a great organization, but it's it's a lot of teachers and other others. Mm-hmm. This is really those CTOs, those tech people who are at the heart of these jobs trying to figure it out. And I think if I were a CTO now, this is where I'd want to be mm-hmm. because I have this network right. that I can lean into and, and and get help from. So every session I've been to has just been outstanding and it makes you, I mean, I don't want to go back into the CTO world. I don't know how you guys do it, <laughs> but... Um, if I did, I wouldn't do it without. without Energy coasting. drinks. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Chris, I think we finally found our people
4: here. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Well, thank you so much. Oh, Amy.
4: it's, yeah, it's such a sure pleasure. Thank you for hanging out with us. So Absolutely. in the podcast
2: description, we will put that, uh, the assessment uh, on there. We can put the data guard announcement on there. So so if you're listening to this, look at the podcast description for more information about what we be impacted the class link today. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Well, we're going to give you some outro me. music here. We try.
4: <laughs> thank you. We try. You. See you soon. Thank you very much.
2: I found somebody.
3: No, Chris pulled in someone off the street. Not really. This guy has a big part of Cosin, and uh, we're excited to have him here at the table. This is Steve Langford, uh, past board chair of COSEN, uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and uh, what COSIN is to you.
5: Sure. I'm Steve Langford. I'm the Chief Information Officer for the Beaverton School District in Beaverton, Oregon. We serve about 40,000 students and their families right outside of, right outside of Portland. And CoSon is like the thought leader of our community. And it really is a community of, of people who care deeply about how ed- technology can support education of students and make a better learning experience, a more consistent learning experience. And so that, for me, is just this community of folks trying to solve the same problems make things better and learn from each other awesome so we
2: are on the final day of this conference Uh, Eric and I have had a great time we've never experienced a coasting conference before Uh, I think hot topic has been of course cybersecurity uh, AI Mm -hmm. what else would you say Eric data privacy yeah a continual thing Uh, As we're wrapping up the conference, are there any highlights that stick out for you or what do you say people, K-12 tech departments right now, uh, what should we be leaving this conference really thinking about, really being focused on?
5: Yeah, I think you hit on all the high points and and we had a number of fantastic sessions. I'd say the sessions this year have been stronger than ever. Uh, In addition to all those awesome things, I think uh, two things spring to mind about the conference that are just... uh, fantastic for us all. Uh, the first is we were very intentional around issues of equity and belonging in the conference. We had a number of sessions focused on how do we make our IT departments and school systems places where everyone feel like, feels like they belong. So that's pretty critical, I think, for all, all of us. And then I think that the other... Best part of COSIN are those times in between the sessions mm-hmm. where you get to catch up with colleagues and it's like conversations never ended. It's they pick up where they left off last year in person if you haven't seen each other or online if you have been online together. But it's really that that combination of really powerful learning coupled with the community that we have.
3: Yeah. The the theme this year was reimagine, redesign, renew. Uh, is there something that you think is a big takeaway for what tech departments need to renew or
5: redesign this year? Oh boy, there's always things that we should be examining in our practice. But but one thing I was struck with, especially with Michael Horn's comments, is that m- now more than ever, that we've we've got to be connected to the teaching and learning uh, focus and initiatives, and we've got to. It's not that we're just supporting them. We, we have a voice in how technology can change learning for students and all students. And so I think for me, my takeaway is I've got to get back and be very intentional with my colleagues in teaching and learning to say, you know, now more than ever, we've got to think about how we are going to apply technology uh, so that students have a more consistent, uh, equitable, and a quality learning experience. That's great. I, I think it... I keep
3: coming back to we get put in this fight or flight situation with the cybersecurity and, and data privacy, and we're all covering our butts, so to speak. Uh, but what you're talking about is it's really the reason why we're all here and we can put people in, in three different mindsets, fight, flight or creativity. And I think that's a, a good focus on being put into the creativity
2: mindset as well here. And I definitely feel that vibe. Absolutely. Well, Steve, we know your time is precious here, so we're going to give you some outro music. Um, and congratulations on your retirement. Uh, Thanks for joining us. All right, Eric. So we have a special guest here because we heard that Mark knows her. So we're going (laughs) to let her enter. And I don't know if that's good, bad, whatever. We're going to unpack that. So would you please introduce yourself?
6: Sure. My name is Marlo Gaddis and I am the chief technology officer for Wake County public schools in Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay.
2: So let's unpack that a little bit. How long have you been there?
6: So I've been in Wake for 10 years. I've been the CTO for five.
2: Okay. How many kids?
6: Uh, 160,000 kids, 198 schools, and 11 different instructional calendars. Okay. Small
2: peanuts, Chris. Yeah. No big deal. So how do you know Mark?
6: So I've met Mark through, actually, I met Mark first time through and years and years ago. Um, but uh, during the pandemic, he and a large group of others um, kind of came together in the middle of the pandemic to say, how are you solving this? How, are, how am I solving this? What suggestions you have? And so we've all kind of gotten really close-knit. We kind of have a, a weekly call and lots of fun.
2: We unpacked this before I hit the record button. You actually like Mark.
6: I actually <laughs> do like Mark, Yeah. There's been a
2: lot of folks. Will Tom Ryan stop by? Oh, well, Tom
6: Ryan doesn't like anybody, so it works out okay.
2: <laughs> There's been some, some nice tension and friction going on uh, when we bring up the name Mark.
6: Yeah, no, he's it, a good guy. It,
2: it sticks out. So you're at the COSIN conference. Would you unpack how many years you've, you've attended this thing, and, and, and why do you come here?
6: So I was I was trying to decide that the other day. I think it's been about eight years okay. that I've been coming to COSIN. Um, I like it because, you know, there are a lot of conferences out there, especially like state conferences or even ISTE, where they're very teacher-focused. And so when I go to those conferences, I go to support people who are presenting. Yep, I go right. to meet with vendors. Um, but there's not a lot of um, personal growth opportunities in a lot of those sessions because yeah. they're usually related to pedagogy, which I love yeah. as a former classroom teacher. But it doesn't really help me in my day-to-day world. Yeah. right? So when I come to COSEN, like I have like five – Every time slot, I have like five things chosen, yep. and I can't do them all. Yeah, you can't. So it's amazing um, to be able to have that opportunity and then go back and, and listen to some of the things afterwards and, and really do that. So, Great. And I'm also on the COSIN board now, so awesome. um, I've been on the board for about four or five years um, and really enjoy just the people in COSIN and uh, the work that we're doing.
3: Yeah. I keep telling Chris, we finally found our people. So if you are a CIO, CTO, director, coordinator of technology, this is the place.
6: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think there is another place that does kind of all of that in one place. Yeah.
2: Would you, so this has kind of been the, the running question that we've been asking folks as they've, as, as, as they've hung out with us, uh, thinking about uh, the next couple of years or the next year, what's the biggest concern or what's on your mind with K-12 tech right now?
6: So I think like everybody, uh, cybersecurity, right? That's kind of one of the number one things, but I would also say budget. So if you look at the COSIN, um, k-12 survey that's getting ready to be released all the data that comes out budget was the number one concern and i think um during you know during covid we had all this money coming to us from different places and some states got different money um and we're allowed a little more freedom in different places but people have been spending money Mm -hmm. right and now we're getting to this funding cliff that's going to happen in the next year or so and we're already starting to feel it internally in our district because you know the state either withheld money or gave money, um, and so budgets aren't the same as they used to be. And then we've also added on uh, staffing and programs, and you know, IT is really the area where um, we do everybody's stuff, but nobody gives us money or support for right. it, right? right. So, so when we think about that, I think that's uh, an interesting perspective. Cybersecurity, like I said, is also another big piece Um, you know, it's one of those nightmare kind of things. Like you wake up and you're like, please God, let everything turn on today. (laughs) Right. And and let nobody call me and say that, um, we've been hacked or we've had a a ransomware issue or something like that. And then for me, it's digital literacy. Yeah. Digital literacy is a huge piece for us. So just trying to make sure pandemic brought about some great, um, transformation as far as people actually using technology, but they're not necessarily using it the right way.
3: Right. And that's been a big focus of this conference is the redesigning and and renewing post-COVID. And I think you bring up a really good point that nobody has said. I think you're the first one who said budget. But that really ties into some of the other concerns that people have talked to us about in terms of how do we keep staff, Um, especially when wages are growing? Are we keeping up with those things? And then also we have flooded ourselves with applications. Now, which ones do we need to keep? Right. and how do we focus our budgets appropriately.
6: And nobody wants to give up an app because it's their favorite. Yeah. yeah. Nobody wants to give nobody. up an app. No, so.
3: And with the district your size, how many students do you say you have?
6: 160,000. Oh,
3: wow. There's some opinions there. Yeah. I'd say. Oh so, you know, yeah,
6: lots of opinions. Yeah. And it, you know, opinions from students, opinions from staff, opinions from parents, and, and so on for opinions from vendors who like to tell us that we're not doing things right sometimes, so, um, but all the things, yeah. Right.
2: Well, Marla, thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, and you're the first. We're gonna put this in the. We've been keeping a tally. Who likes Mark? Like
6: so, am I me, the first person who likes Mark? Yeah, I'm
2: writing a one. Yeah, yep.
6: Mark gives me too many good resources. I can't mm-hmm. not like. Mark. I like
2: Mark. Oh, you, you don't count. You're the intern. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much.
6: All right, thanks, guys. <laughs>
2: All right, Eric. We've been calling you Eric, the intern for the whole extent, and, and before this, but the Coasting Conference, you've kind of been the guy pulling people yeah. off the streets, getting them to sit down. I've got the ultimate here. Yeah, you've you've actually done something here. Do you know who this is? I don't. You want to introduce him a little oh, bit? Oh, man, Chris, you don't know. This is the Sultan of SWAT, the <laughs> Titan
3: of Terror, the what? Colossus of Clout, the King of Crash, the great Bambino, Keith <laughs> Kruger. <laughs> How's it going, sir?
1: <laughs> That's good. Good.
3: Good to be here. Keith, what do you do for Coastin?
1: So uh, I have had the honor of uh, leading Cosin as their uh, CEO, uh, actually for eighteen of its uh, awesome I, sorry, eighteen for twenty-eight of its thirty years. Wow!
3: And and Cosin's celebrating a thirtieth anniversary, anniversary this yes. year. Yeah, that's a big deal.
1: I know there are a lot of scary photos of me uh, much. <laughs> we younger. saw those. You know, you know, you go to a conference and people say, "Oh, you look so good and young," and then, then on the monitor they have pictures of you when you really were young. <laughs>
3: Doesn't help. This has been a great conference for us. We've said to multiple people, um, it's got a good vibe. Uh, it is a family feel, and that's been mentioned a lot, kind of like Sunday dinner.
1: Uh,
2: yeah.
3: So that's that's been awesome to see.
2: And there's been a trending theme um, or some keywords that we keep hearing about that are beyond trends, but cybersecurity, AI data privacy, and those just keep coming up in every interview that we've done. Would you would you agree with that,
1: disagree with that? I completely agree. Uh, cybersecurity's been a big issue for our audience for the last five years, but it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. It's the number one priority. We do a national survey, and, it, and that is, uh, and of course, um, that not only is it a, a big issue for the people in charge of technology, but it's actually having a big impact on learning, shutting down school districts, it's putting uh, students and teachers' uh, data, personal data, personal identities, bank accounts at risk, and uh, we got to we got to get more serious about that. And uh, our federal government, our our state governments, our local governments really need to start investing in this. We are woefully under uh, staffed for uh, cybersecurity. You can have all the bells and whistles and tools, and if nobody's there to run it. Yeah. Only, uh, you know, last year it was one in every five districts had a full-time equivalent on cybersecurity. It actually got worse this year. Our new survey that we just gave a sneak preview of, it was down to 16%. Oh, wow. So uh, while we're everyone's saying, including superintendents and school boards, this is our top priority, we're not investing in the, the human side of it. Mm-hmm.
3: Do you think some of that getting worse is uh, a result of Understanding and yes, and spotlight. Yeah.
1: yeah, I do. And and you know the the number one uh, uh, important strategy is to do training uh, for students and teachers. Uh, we just have a habit of clicking on things we shouldn't be. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know that's important. It's important to do things like tabletop exercises that shows your finance office, your curriculum office, your superintendent, uh, all the aspects of the leadership. Kind of what an actual incident look feels like, yeah, and how time is not on your side,
3: yeah. Okay, so thirty years, and now we're we're wrapping up the close of this thirtieth um, anniversary year. Um, what what can you say about this conference uh, that that you think people keep coming back for?
1: Well, I think uh, you hit on the other things aside from cybersecurity. Obviously, since December, ChatGPT uh, has been on front and center of the the news it's uh, been in the discussion at the water cooler and uh you know there's a natural inclination to try to ban whatever is new whether it was calculators uh you know in when i was in high school or whether it's uh uh the world wide web or google docs uh, uh, generative we're using the, the generic term generative ai and uh you know, we need to really uh, educate uh, our leaders to be more thoughtful about uh, having a discussion about what the opportunities are and what the challenges are. And uh, today we just put out a member uh, exclusive brief kind of helping um, heads of technology talk through those uh, those sorts of issues. Mm-hmm. And, and we have a longstanding uh, AI and K-12 toolkit that we just refreshed, which pu- is publicly available for everyone would you unpack you
2: just mentioned the word member yes Um, so we we, this podcast goes out to a lot of one person tech departments or small tech departments large teams Uh, we are not we're at a conference, but there's membership along with it that, that is much year, bigger than a conference. All year
1: long, yeah. That, so uh, you know, it's the best uh, professional development for heads of technology. And even if you're from a one-person uh, shop, or even if you're, it's part of your responsibility. Uh, we think there's great value. There's lots of resources, and you know, poke around on cosin.org uh, because whether it's cybersecurity or privacy of student data student equity, interoperability, all the key issues that technology leaders need to be thinking about. We also have a lot of resources. We've worked with the Superintendents Association, uh, and we have an initiative called the Empowered Superintendent, and uh, we've created, like, one-pagers. So if you as the tech leader need to go and talk to your superintendent or your school board you know, on an issue like uh, the homework gap, uh, we have a one-pager to start the conversation. Now you'll have to tell them what you're going to actually do about it, but we can, we're can tr- we there to make your life easier.
3: That's great. Now, something that's been bugging me over the past three days, is it "cosin" or cosen?
1: <laughs> we'll take it either way. All right.
2: What's the preferred?
1: I say "cosin."
2: I was right. You were right. I'm always right. <laughs> well, Keith, we know your time is precious. We're going to give you some proper outro music, but thanks for hanging out with us Thank for you, a few Keith. minutes. Have a
1: great day.
3: Chris, are you done unpacking? Is it time to pack up and leave? I think so. I'm pretty worn out. I'm, I'm energized. Maybe that's the extrovert in me, and in your introverts kind of hanging yep, out right it's now. Like, it's like I'm spent. I, I think I've also tired him out because I've been
2: making him walk all over austin let's unpack really quick a couple of things that we have not unpacked (laughs) at all yet so so eric um on the flight here uh before before i got into a vehicle with eric before we went to the airport i downloaded Mm -hmm. a bunch of episodes i was wanting to watch um i did not get to watch any of those episodes on the flight because eric is a talker on the plane i am um hey look there's a lake yep just pretty constant (laughs) whatever that was great it's it's great it's great no big deal no big deal uh, Eric is also a walker, uh, where I would prefer Uber. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric's like, oh, that's only 30 minutes away. We should walk that thing. Yeah. Oh, there's a trail. We should take the trail. Yeah.
3: And by the time the Uber gets there and you go through traffic and- And then we could be
2: getting exercise. So we did it a couple of times, yeah. but but the real talk too is like one of those times, oh, it's raining, Eric. This is why people get into vehicles. Yeah, Chris had a corduroy jacket that was just wrecked. Okay. And then Eric, you're 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 here on the podcast Dime. I think I, I think we can be transparent about that. Yeah. So then Eric's like, "Hey, I really want to go. What was that place called that I didn't know? The Austin whatever." Austin
3: City Limits, Chris.
2: Okay, PBS, some kind of show. Yeah. The Moody Theater. Whatever. It's it's great. So he keeps talking about this thing. I thought you talking about Christmas lights or something one time. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Vance Joy. Uh, Riptide, yeah. Lady, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna post that video of you. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways, Eric keeps talking about this Vance Joy, whatever. He's gonna book his tickets on the podcast dime. I did. Yeah. He books the tickets. He, he buys the tickets. Him, my defense. You just handed me the such credit card. Small, <laughs> such a small internship task. <sighs> buys the tickets. Which which and he even it's, did that. Guys, it's tragic. He did that in advance. He did that the, the the day before. I'm a procrastinator. So, and so I've talked about this. We're 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 going mm-hmm. to get some barbecue and yep. then we're gonna go catch some Vance Joy. He looks down at his phone. He bought the tickets for the day before. Yeah. It, he spent money on <laughs> tickets. Of an event that already took place. Yeah. And I I really still don't know
3: how it happened. It was like a perfect storm of events that that happened. Like, it was like in the middle of the concert.
2: So how was it even supposed to be able to be sold? There was a, a drop-down box on not a it sponsor. Doesn't it doesn't matter. Geek. It doesn't matter. So needless to say, we had, a, we had to buy an additional set of tickets. There uh, were better tickets, though. They were, we, we, yeah, we were amongst... Yeah. those ladies were probably 60 70 no probably not 50 60
3: there was a whole gamut i, I think somewhere 18 and somewhere maybe 70 and then there's you and i and there's just couple, on the floor because we
2: couldn't buy the seats yeah, anymore All middle-aged white guys singing lady going down to the <laughs> it was a great time it was a good time so eric you have proven your internship here i'll i'm gonna let the guys know oh because really? i mean i'm fresh off suspension Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I feel like they're going to listen to me. They're not going to listen to me. <laughs> but I'm going to see what I can do. Yeah. And you had some of
3: Sue's lemon pound cake yesterday. Yes, Sue said I'm back. Yeah.
2: Was, we had a great time. So now let's wrap it up with the serious stuff. We had a great time at the Coasting Conference. It's I been do awesome. feel renewed, re whatever, all those R words that we were unpacking. I feel good. I feel good. Yeah. It, it,
3: I'll say this it was really good to be of people uh, who are of like mind. Uh, And and it's been said over and over again, it's kind of a family environment. Anybody will talk to you. It doesn't matter if you're a school district of 200 or a school district of 200,000. You're able to talk to anybody. And that's been really awesome. And have a regular conversation. And have a regular conversation. And just some of the things that really, to unpack before we pack up and leave here, Chris, is data privacy, security. What else? What am I missing? AI? AI. Everybody's talking about AI. Generative AI. And how that's going to impact tech departments, teachers, classrooms, everything. And, and I think it's it's right. It's not one of those things that I really think is just going to be kind of cycling in and out of of ed
2: tech over. The yeah, these next aren't year. trendy things. These, these aren't trendy. This is this is here to stay. So, yep, I love it. It's I, I, I hope if you're listening to this, if 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 you've listened through all the content that we've given, I hope I man, I sure hope that we've we've taken little pieces of this conference, and and, and you want to attend next year. Uh, but even to go to the and website to, to become a member to look at these different things that they're offering. Chris, I'm really digging on the one pagers that you can yeah. read quickly to learn some stuff. Chris, where's the conference next year? It's in Miami. Miami. Take me to Miami. Yeah. Is that good? Yeah, don't don't do it. I'm I'm playing Martin. Okay. What was the North Carolina you were like? That was Petey Papa. Yeah. And you were cutting me off on that. Yeah, don't with that with that lady. Nonetheless, we had a great time here at the and conference. Yeah. This is Chris and Eric signing <laughs> off.